0: Okay, welcome to episode 71 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. My name is Tony, and jumping back into the co host chair is the Mr. Popper of Small Press Comics. Yes, it's Mr. Alan Henderson. How you doing, babes? you right? <laughs> the Popper. Is that really what I want to be? Associated Mr. With popper, isn't that? That's like a Jim uh, Carrey uh, movie. Popper. about Is it about penguins? Yes.
1: To be clear, Mr. Popper and these penguins. As opposed to, I can supply you with
0: poppers. Yeah, Um... that's true. Yeah, yeah, we won't get that. We don't need our anuses stretching quite this time of night. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'm running out of things. I keep googling penguins every time you come
1: on. Well, it makes a change from some of your search engines, I'm sure. That is true.
0: Private searches very useful. Um, (laughs) Hey, bin man
1: i've been good Yeah, some of the announcements coming out today hopefully while we're you know, talking i
0: think aren't they i think they're being said now um
1: uh, well yeah we up here don't get some of the announcements until tomorrow as to what, they, what they're going to be
0: oh okay um, yeah. normally she gets in a bit early doesn't she um before, yeah, before we, we yeah. crack on yeah it,
1: it's all to do with what has to and doesn't have to get taken to parliament for its first announcement it's, right it's, okay it's like she would have quite applied in the day, probably but then would have been in breach of parliamentary principles and <laughs> she's got she's got enough trouble with Yeah, the, she has, hasn't she? Yeah, things.
0: let's let's so... call it the fishing problem. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, <laughs> hey, man. Anyway, no indeed. good. I'm gonna we're gonna have a little probably a little chat about what we read else we're reading at the moment at the end as well. So watch sure. out. Um but what have you chosen for us to talk about today, do? Well, Stick with me here because I've got a long and convoluted piece here, and you You, are—you forewarned me with this one. Yeah, good. You are literally going to say,
1: "Where the heck is he going with this?" So, in 1786,
0: here we go.
1: (laughs) Two of the Scottish literary giants met for the one and only time when Robert Burns and a 15-year-old Sir Walter Scott met in a. a building called Sheen's House, which is actually just around the corner from my old primary school. And there's a great big plaque on the wall um, outside the building that now sits in it says the Robert Burns and Sir Walter Scott Met. So I'm gonna take you forward two hundred and twenty years beyond that to a comic mart that took place in I think two thousand and six. Okay. In the small town of Preston Pans, which is just outside Edinburgh, where I was there as, as Joe Punter, and um one of the guests, if possibly the only guest that was there doing sort of signings and things was um was Alan Grant. Okay. And at that point, or while he was doing a signing and we were all just generally sitting around in the bar chatting and everything um in walks through the door with a couple of 2000 AD related books under his arm um comes up to Alan grant to ask him to get signed is ian rankin oh so, okay right i think there should be a plaque in this hotel bar in preston pans that talks about two great scottish literary giants
0: meeting for the first
1: time and that's for there
0: and there's something lovely about him being a 2000 ad fan as well isn't there there really is yeah to,
1: to be honest as well the, the thing here's the last time i was in a comic shop which was just before christmas which was forbidden planet in Edinburgh as i was walking out the door ian rankin was walking in so oh, it's one nice. of those sort, sort of nice things
0: oh good but stuff the, man
1: yeah but in the 2006 thing as i say we, we all were just all sitting around chatting in the bar because it wasn't that you know it was just a comic marty thing yeah. um and Conversation moved to, to Ian Rankin at that point and said, well, have, had he ever considered actually writing comic books as part of, you know, because obviously he was was a, a big literary author at that point with regards to um, the Rebus books that they yep. were on about.
0: Which had been developed and into he, a TV series around that time as well yeah. and that sort of thing, hadn't they? Yeah. yeah.
1: And he let it slip at that as part of that conversation that he had just been commissioned by DC Comics to write a Hellblazer story. Wow. And... Roll that forward three years to the launch of the Vertigo Crime series, which launched with two um, books, one of which was the Hellblazer book um, by Ian Rankin and the other book, which is the one we're going to talk about, (laughs) which was Filthy Rich by Brian Azarello and Victor Santos.
0: Just to confuse Matt, as we're not talking about the in-ranking book, although that was a lovely no. introduction. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, which was, I have here in front like... of me as well, and was yeah. um, was good fun. It's kind of like, is um, it like a reality TV show or something? He gets involved in in that one, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, essentially, what if Big Brother or what if um, John Constantine got placed inside Big Brother is is probably the, the yeah. summary of of way to do it. Um, there's a funny story with that one as well, actually. That halfway through that book. Um, Ian Rankin was also working with I think it's an Argentine artist, I want to say. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna say um, um were the Deladero.
1: Yeah. And that, that artist had never heard of what a dumb waiter was <laughs> with regard to how the food was delivered into the into the house. So what what he had drawn was basically a trolley on wheels that just magically appeared through the door and self drove itself round. And Ian Rankin basically went. You know, well, that's good enough. <laughs> Let's go for it. It's funny how these you know,
0: ideas turn up. Yeah, but that'll do. Yeah. yeah.
1: How, how on earth do I explain to an Argentine who's never heard of a dumb waiter what a dumb waiter is?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's great. But anyway,
1: that, that was yeah something Ian brought up at uh, the Edinburgh vessel, Book Festival at one point. The world's full of so, coincidence,
0: isn't it? Because it was only yesterday on the ACP I talked about a comic by Jason Starr, um, mm-hmm. who I'm a fan of through his novels. Um, and I thought, oh, Jason Starr comic. And then I dug out my little stack of... Um, these these graphic novels that we're going to talk about one of them and it went not one of them i had completely forgotten was by jason Starr so he did the chill oh
1: yeah right. yeah which, is, a, yeah, which yeah. is
0: quite a good one as well actually one of my favorites of that yeah yeah and he's a good yeah. writer as well he's a, he's a, yeah. and he's another hard-boiled sort of crime fiction writer as well but an american so i suppose there is maybe they reached out to a few novelists around that time maybe well that's... yeah because
1: denise mina also did did one of them. That's right, um, yeah. A Sickness in the Family, and she's obviously... Well, she's quite well-known for, for doing other comics as well, but is primarily a crime, crime writer.
0: Of course, I forgot about that. Yeah, I've got that one as well. I like that one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting, man. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is interesting. Right, so we're talking about Filthy Rich, the graphic novel from 2009, written by Brian Azzarello, art by Victor Santos, letters by Clem Robbins, edited by the mighty Will Dennis. Um, 200 pages, black and white, harp. now... Some of these, so for people who haven't seen them, they're slightly smaller than comics and slightly larger than novels. Um, I'm, The majority of the ones I got were hardback through choice, but a lot of them are paperback as well, aren't they? Is that right? They did both?
1: The Yeah, they came out in hardback and then were released a couple of years after as, oh, right. as paperbacks, just, okay.
0: to, yeah. just to follow
1: through.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, And
1: all of the covers for the whole series are done by Lee Ah,
0: oh, I did not know that either. Ah, brilliant! Yeah, so he did all, all the covers. I cannot yeah. think of Lee mayo except for um, Gareth Hopkins breaking up a fight that started at his table once at London Super Comic Con, <laughs> which still makes me laugh now. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's that's interesting because obviously he's a big um, collaborator with Azarello, isn't he? He's just done the Damned with him. You the Damned. Yeah, and he did uh, 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 the Joker recently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The famous bat knob. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this um, it launched around the same time, so both Dark Entries and Filthy Rich launched at the same time. Um, it was announced at the two thousand eight San Diego Comic Con that this they had plans for this sub imprint. Now that's interesting time wise, and I'm sure you'll attract this as well. But I've got in the back of my head that Parker, the first Parker book, came out, the first Parker graphic novel rather, came out in two thousand and nine. So. I'm not sure. Be
1: about that, actually, I haven't thought about it. But yeah, that, yeah,
0: that, that, I think really that's true right. That... So I wonder whether DC got um, got a little smell of what IDW were cooking, um, or vice versa, and it might have might have prompted this quite, sort of
1: quite yeah. possibly. Or I think the other way to think about it is that you know certain genres come in and out of style. Yeah. And I think what DC were trying to do here with the vertical crime line is literally trying to say, how do we attract some big name or some some authors who actually aren't necessarily particularly well known for, for doing um, comics and, and get them to come in and write some crime books for us? Yeah. Uh, and we'll package them up. We'll try to make them to look like um, 1970s um, paperbacks.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: But in a hardback sense, I kind of wish they'd reached out to someone like um, Robert McGuinness to actually yeah, do the covers. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking that.
0: really nice. But, you know. Funny enough, at the same time, around the same time, we were getting the hard case crime novels. Um, mm. And I bought a shitload of them, and there's some McGuinness covers to them, and they are gorgeous, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, You've got that McGinnis hardback, haven't you? I think we've talked about it before. I
1: literally have it.
0: So good, man. Uh, yeah,
1: next to me just now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on on the shelf. So yeah, no, it, you know, it, but it but this is the so in in terms of this book, this is a proper crime noir pulp
0: yep. book. Yeah, right.
1: It ticks all the boxes for me in that that piece, and that's why I I, I remember it very very fondly in terms of despite the fact it gets quite a bad review online. Oh, I didn't cases, realize but, that. But oh, okay. You know, um, but I think that's more by people who were expecting it to be a crime novel and then finding it's a. Really, but okay. this is this this is proper to the scenery dialogue. There's bits yeah, of this where definitely. you're literally going. This. <laughs> but is but I actually think that's deliberately written as so. Well. You know, it's got a T and A scene. It's got a bad sex scene. It's got fucking on
0: page one. I think pretty much isn't it? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But
1: but but also some of the sex scenes are are quite. Um, they're, they're not for gratification. It's just well, no.
0: There's some bleak stuff yeah. in there. I mean, even bad sex is good yeah. sex, in my opinion. But there's some bleak <laughs> stuff. There's some bleak but, stuff um... in there. I, I, Allow me just to write down uh, the first quote that I was going to say just after your introduction, where there was um, it was a hell of a night. The best kind of hell, the kind that makes the next day due the devil that's a great line <laughs> and it's it's just this side of serious isn't it it's just the right side of serious to be uh... I'm just
1: l- looking at my notes i too had that written down for page 162
0: when oh, we a good yeah. Man. yeah yeah. <laughs> a good salesman could sell rubbers uh, to a eunuch is another favorite yeah. of mine
1: yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's, but you know but also being the, the say the criminal pulpit it has a gut punch in it it has a twist in the tail yeah none of the characters are likable yeah um and it closes essentially on an unanswered question about what happens next. But do I care? You know, and it in a, I don't really know if I want to know what happens. It's like you know, watch see an ambulance going into a hospital. You go, "Oh, I wonder what happens next," yeah, little, but actually, I we'll, don't want to know. Yeah,
0: you know, you're right, uh, completely. And then there's another female yeah. involved, and he's he's still there. But yeah,
1: follows, but
0: t- the much talked t- about rules of noir, doesn't it? I suppose we we, hmm. we will get round to talking about a bit. Is um. I tried to find, and I hear people like Gabriel Hardman, I see he, he talks about them quite a lot online, but the rules of noir. I tried to pin down exactly what they are, but I don't know how you found it, but there's a lot of different ones, a lot <clears> of different theories. For those that don't know what film noir, noir is, it emphasises the cynic, cynical attitudes and sexual motivations in a crime-based melodrama, I suppose, essentially. Um, it comes from, it's got its roots in black and white um, German expressionist cinema, we all think of it probably as a black-and-white genre, although it, there are neo-noir and sci-fi noir, I think Blade Runner is often quoted, isn't it? Um, yeah. It was coined by a French film critic, Nino Frank, in 1946, and its 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 roots are in hard-boiled and American pulps and novels. People like Dashiell Hammett, um, James N. Kane, Raymond Chandler, who did The Big Sleep, and he, he wrote the script for Double Indemnity. Movies like Touch of Evil, The Killers, Out for the Past, Maltese Falcon, The Asphalt, Go- Asphalt Jungle... Raging Bull, even L.A. Confidential is probably the touchstone that most people, modern people, you know, kids might know today, and also stuff like um, Basic Instinct. Um, and we see a number of the touchstones in this, don't we? We see the flawed, the flawed hero is also a failed sportsman, which is quite a, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cliche in this, but again, yeah. to me, that makes it perfect pulp because it reads, and this sounds it reads quite disposable. This, and and, yeah. and I'll freely admit. I'm not entirely sure. I, and I remember reading it, I remember enjoying it and putting it on a shelf. It's probably the first time it's come off the shelf to be reread since since then.
0: Yeah, I get you. Because yeah.
1: you know, you're in, you're going, yeah, enjoy. and that, you know, that's one of the things I you know, you know, me my pulse. I like that, but but it is supposed to just be yes disposable, move on. Yeah, that's, it's roll up
0: and put it in your back pocket while you're at the barbers. It's, there's a yeah. there's a quality to that and, and and the novel element of that comes into this this graphic novel, doesn't it, I think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know, and, and, and good pulp should actually stick with you going, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Do I don't need to go back to it or or whatever
0: um but yeah yeah I agree man yeah shall i summarize it a little bit so it's uh yeah, richard junk junk uh, junkin is a former football which again, star just
1: just as a name you're like oh, yeah, what, immediately. What, what's
0: really nonsense call me junk yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's going on there um is a former football star who had to pull out because of injury and there's there's a a little twist around that he's now the celebrity who they drag out to sell cars on a car lot but he isn't even very good at that his boss is a we- wealthy um, guy one of the richest guys but he has a wild child partying daughter called victoria and he's and junk is he's moved from being a salesman in the car showroom to being uh, almost like a bodyguard or surveillance follower around um he becomes close to her she possibly manipulates him um and something happens uh and it turns both ugly and deadly um and that's kind of the first two-thirds of the book isn't it, it um it, there's a yeah. there's a lot more to that. There's a lot more people playing in it. There's a lot more um, characters in it. But yeah, there's uh, something happens, and a, a manipulative femme fatale is a a touchstone for for noir as well, isn't it? I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's the story is essentially told from his viewpoint, but yeah. actually the storyline is, yeah. is from her viewpoint. because right. the, the, the story arc is basically her wrapping him round her finger. And then having wrapped him up completely, when when the thing happens, yeah. is then going right. I've now got full control of you. I can do whatever I like with you. To, towards the end of the book, yeah. and gets gets whatever she gets everything she wants out of it by leading him to do everything that she wants to do. Um, and he's stupid and, enough
0: to fall for it i think a lot of it yeah he? yeah
1: and that, that you know there, there are and it he gets tied in so many knots because at some point he's being pulled by both love lust fame fortune and the media all pulling him in different directions and trying to pay him off and and you know he, he's not sure what he wants to be um, and and he, he thinks he just can't lose yeah. but all he does is lose yeah
0: mm. yeah it's quite the setup it's um it's got a marvelous opening um where basically more well, marvelous in my sort of perverted opinion where he's he's having sex with a uh, a married woman around her house because and he's because he sold her a car and then it, it, it now i don't know car showrooms also seem to be one of those sort of you know the fancy big fin cars that they sell at car showrooms in in the states so it seems to be a bit of a a touchstone for noir as well it seems to be uh an easy well it's option, that isn't? classic
1: classic thing what time frame is this because this is i think yeah, this is I sort of this. 19 late 40s early 50s i put well,
0: 50s down so yeah it, i get yeah. you yeah yeah you
1: know um, but yeah so the cars are certainly that look about it it has um you know it, a, a lot of the street advertising in in the bright lights and, and the like as well again or all that that sort of feeling which again to me epitomizes pulp fiction in in terms of the way that it's written it's, you know, it needs that that, that time setting to, to properly work well. Yeah.
0: yeah, it does. Yeah. It's um it's got a lot of twists and turns. Um and we'll talk a little bit about the art and a little bit about some of our favourite moments in a minute. Um should we talk a bit about should we should we start with a so no, let's say so how did you come across this dude did you buy it simply because you'd heard Rankin talk about it or did it did you
1: um oh, to be honest, it would have been oh look there's a new thing in previews, a nice hardcover coming out from from Vertigo. Combined with the fact I probably would have been picking up the ranking one just because I knew
0: you were there at the origin. I was going to say I, know, yeah. I
1: I knew Ian. I don't. Um, everybody in Edinburgh knows Ian. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, you know, nice. it's, it's, just these, it's just one of these people you bump into if if you're looking. Yeah. Um And, and you, you know, as you say, he comes to various comic things and stuff, which is good as well. So no, I would have just picked it up because it was one of the things that was out that month. Um,
0: yeah. I think I was the same. I think there was a little bit of a buzz around the Hellblazer thing, wasn't there? There always is in the UK, whenever there's it a was, new sort of Hellblazer thing.
1: And, and there was Vertigo, not, maybe not quite its peak, but still at a high water mark at that point. Yeah. Where, you know, so everything coming out of Vertigo had, you know, had, know, had something behind it where you just went, yeah, it's, it's new, fresh Vertigo, let's give it a go.
0: Yeah, you it's, knew it's they were going to take a chance, you knew it was going to be a bit different. And yeah. it was the start of a line of stuff which we knew was coming, didn't we? And the format, yeah. the format was interesting. Yes,
1: um, oh, I was going to say, and it just yeah, it just generally looked nice. Really. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Mm. Um, Brian Azzarello, are you a fan or?
1: Um, I, I, so I've I've read a lot of his stuff across, you know, loads of different well, hundred bullets and all the various Batman things and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've had the privilege of meeting him once. I think it was. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that was in New York, and that may have been DC, when I met him. I, uh, yeah, we were probably at the same time, I'm
0: guessing. Yeah, I was at that one. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah okay. So, I'd I would i had am queued to to see him. I'd queued to um, see Rizzo and get a to get a a sketch from Rizzo. Right.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and they were he was standing next to him at the DC booth. Um, essentially acting as his translator. If I'm if I'm brutally honest, <laughs> right, okay. or partially that. um, because obviously I went up and said, "Could could I get a sketch of the shadow, please?" And um, through his book in English, we, we worked out that that's what I was looking for and he was going away right So, Richard then just puts his head down and starts drawing. And you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? So, you turn to Brad <laughs> well and say, hello, how are you? And, you know, um, and I actually just said to him, oh, it would be really, it would be lovely to actually see you and Edward actually work on The Shadow because the way that he was working at that point in time on 100 Bullets, you know, to take the whole backcast character setup of, of the shadow I think would work really, yeah, I think you're really right well.
0: Man. Yeah. I the, yeah, and
1: and I also say anybody who knows how to use a lot of ink knows how to draw the shadow and yeah. Eduardo Rizzo knew that. So Rizzo completed a, a very, very nice little headshot for me oh, and nice. handed the book back. I then handed the book over to, to Brian Azur and Brian Azarel said oh that he actually had, had wanted to to write a shadow storyline, oh, okay. but all the rights were tied up and all that sort of stuff. So he never got had never had the opportunity to do so. So I took the book back and then handed it back to Brian Azarello and got him to write underneath the the Rizzo sketch, who knows what evil lurks within the hearts of men. Oh, nice! And then signed it. Yeah. So you know, from a hundred bullets perspective, it was the uh, the shadow sketch by Rizzo and the immortal line um, yeah. written and and signed by by Azarello. So that that was quite nice from that perspective. That we just had that sort of. Sorry, second chat on, on the thing, uh, or a couple of minutes. Um, so that, he, he was nice to me then, though I know that um, <laughs> you, you perhaps didn't have quite uh, good
0: or... My encounter was uh, less than nice. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, to be fair, because uh, I was, I think I can't remember who I was with. I was wondering what had been Ed, Ed Queen, I was wondering around with him, and I went, oh, Brian Azzarello, and walked over, and he had a face like thunder on him. And uh, I, thought, I can't even remember what I got him to sign now. I asked him to sign something. He signed it and handed it back to me. And I thanked him, and he didn't say anything. And then I walked <laughs> off. And I can... I, he, was, he was in... I think he was in Artist Alley at that point. Got, I'm got got—I'm just in my mind I'm trying to remember where he was. And there was no... It was one of those ones where nobody was speaking to him. Uh, I think it was upstairs. I think he was upstairs, not in Artist Alley, in New York. And um, the thing is, with upstairs in New York, is there's a lot of shit up there that people aren't there for comics, especially. Um, mm. and I think he just... I, in retrospect, I think he was probably just grumpy that uh, he was stuck up there in amongst, you know, cat T-shirts and stuff. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Born 11th of August 1962 in Cleveland, two brothers and a sister. Mother managed a restaurant and his father was a salesman. And it was only only that interview I sent you today that I realised his father was a car salesman at one point. It's pretty interesting. Um, As uh, junkies, fan of Edgar Rice Burroughs. He loved the Mars books as a kid. Uh, He had pretty much an ordinary childhood in Cleveland Heights. Um, do you know of any other famous residents from Cleveland Heights? Here's a pop quiz for you. They're very different. I won't, I won't, I I hold no, you, you it, to it. But to. there's uh, Dean Martin and Harvey Picar. That's quite, right. that's quite a double act. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah, he, not, not
1: where I was going in my head. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: He claims that as a kid he loved war and monster comics, and but avoided superheroes. Didn't really enjoy superhero comics. Um, fan of stuff like the marvel monster books and stuff like that studied painting and printmaking at the cleveland institute of art do you know of another famous comic creator who went there brian no, bendis
1: you're gonna have to all right brian bendis yeah. there yeah, yeah that makes now, more
0: sense. interestingly he didn't <laughs> really yeah he didn't really start comics until he was um 37 years old so he had a number he did, as he describes, had a number of blue collar jobs he did up furniture he was a dj did some printmaking um and he, when he moved to Chicago, um, he then um, became involved with a sci-fi noir book reprint company called Black Lizard. In 1990, they were bought out by Random House. So look, they do a lot of, um, I suppose they like hard case crime, really, back in the 90s. Yeah. They rep- 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 reprinted a lot of um hard-board fiction. His influences were really prose writers. Jim Thompson, uh, David Goodis, um, and... People like Dashiell Hammett and people like that, he was really fans of their stuff. It wasn't really the comics that were influencing his comic making, if you see what I mean. Um, In Chicago, he met his future wife, Jill Thompson, who introduced him to Lou Stathis, who was a Vertigo Comics editor, who'd also been a writer and editor at the High Times. And apparently he chatted to him about High Times, and that's why he liked him, Lou. He said it wasn't because he sort of sat there chatting to him about, um, I don't know, fucking sandman or something you know it was yeah. because he chatted to him about high times <laughs> so there's a an interview i watched today i sent you a screenshot of it and in it he was going on about um he says he he, go, he says i go to conventions and we'll go out for a meal afterwards and i'm with a load of comic guys and all oh, they fucking talk about is comics i can't stand it so he's not like a huge he makes <laughs> he makes no bones i'm not a big comic fan he's turned to writing comics he says it's just not what happened which is in a way interesting and in a way actually quite refreshing in a strange way i think we... it
1: shows with a lot of the stuff that he writes as yeah. well i would say in that or his approach to some of the characters are saying okay i don't i don't necessarily hold the um the reverence yes uh, with, yeah. with some of the pieces yeah. So, yeah
0: yeah agreeable and i agree with that and, and the thing is as well is um we need to fish outside the pond occasionally don't we otherwise we're just mm-hmm. going to keep repeating yeah up. yeah um his first published comics was in uh blooded number one a text piece for north star comics he also did some work um the slightly notorious kamiko um and he i think he was just sort of editor come dog's body and he says i actually wrote stuff for people i never got paid for it it's because um i knew that i knew that the owner wouldn't pay the writers so i thought i might as well do it anyway i'm getting paid to tidy up what i'm doing so ended up writing for red dragon and um in the primary issue one lady Bathory um he pitched a hundred bullets and was instead asked to do a couple of things depends which interview you hear him talk about it because i've heard him say that he got he got asked to do human target and he also got asked to do um the phantom not the phantom phantom stranger um right. and he um he almost got there with the phantom stranger and the, and something happened and he ended up doing johnny double who was a um that's right. It was a yeah. showcase character, wasn't he? Like a one or two issue showcase character, I think originally. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it would have been, uh, or whether it was showcase or not. But certainly, it was. It was a. Yeah, I remember there being a a, a short series that he did with them. Um,
0: no, I mean originally from the sixties or seventies. I think that's where Johnny Double was originally. Do you know it was like a reboot? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah
1: whether it was it was showcase or it was something. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes.
0: yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, Um And. It was an interesting time for Vertigo from what I've heard interviews and people say because they kind of up to that point had been a bit too horror, a bit too fairy tale, a bit too magical and 100 Bullets took them in a new direction so the crime thing kind of started um, and he says that changed it a bit and I think off the top of my head I think it was 1999 I think 100 Bullets started um, which is established his style in a way didn't it I suppose
1: Certainly, and it, well, it created the relationship with him and Rizzo that you then think of. Yeah, or I think, yeah. you know, certainly yeah, for too. for that whole of the the 2000 to 2010 period, or, or and beyond.
0: And then we got that brother. The, was it brother Lono? We got that that brother, brother. Lono. Yeah.
1: they did one of the Wednesday comics storylines. Of course, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, and a variety of other things where the, you you just see them together for lots of one shots and another other yeah do is it spaceman or something Crazy. oh they did spaceman remember.
0: with that weird language he made up didn't he yeah, yeah which, that's right i've yeah, got that i've got it, i think I've got it, the issues it, with that. it's in
1: a yeah it's in a box somewhere <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um, and that you know so that certainly there's a lot of that that and that that as you say, reset for a lot of people the the vertical piece at that point because you know vertical had i think kind of ran Ran dry a little bit, and then you had 100 Bullets and you had Preacher, and you know, sort of re establishing th- yeah. the long series. And He, he said uh, an in interviews, he space. said
0: the, the strange thing was that he wasn't British, he said, he said that was like a, a bit of a turnaround for Vertigo because they were, you know, Pete Milligan, you know, all these people, <laughs> people were over there doing stuff, weren't they? Yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's done a, he did a, quite a few things for Vertigo. So we had Flinch, um, we had a brilliant run on Hellblazer that he did, which is with Richard Corbin. Which is mm. really fucking dark. Um, did you read that, dude? you ever read that one?
1: Not at the time. No, I've read bits and pieces of it. Yeah. throughout. But um, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't an avid Hillblazer reader.
0: Okay, yeah. It's it's um, prison homoerotic is how I'm going to describe poke moments of it. It's quite a strange one. Um, he did uh, El Diablo, uh, sort of western, and he did Loveless with Marcello Friesen, um, amongst other a couple of other people. Now that's a fucking dark book as well. Yeah, that I do have. Yeah, that is a that is bleak. That's a real. That makes Deadwood look like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That book. I've got to tell you. <laughs> uh, um, he's um, then he uh, the, he he also did um, Marvel. He hasn't done a huge amount of Marvel, but he did do Cage, which with Richard Corbin, um, which came out in the the aughts, which was um, mixed. I'm not sure how people would react to it these days, but a mixed reaction is how I'm going to put it. Um, yeah. Uh, but an interesting book and then he's he's kind of been known a bit really for doing a lot of batman books has not he we've got batman uh he did joker with lieber mayo and we've got uh, the batman which you mentioned in wednesday comics dark knight three
1: <laughs> he wrote that yeah that, well, that says not everything was gold right yeah i <laughs> know yeah
0: because
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, he was also did he did he do one of the wonder woman hardcover as well he did yeah. He, just,
0: yeah, yeah he did um, and funny enough, you mentioned the Pulps, because he did the um, first wave. He did some of the titles, and that he did the, definitely did the Doc Savage one. Right, oh, I think he did the Doc Savage Batman one. Um, uh, yeah, he must have been. Really and he nice.
1: also did. He did some of the before Watchmen stuff as well. Yes, he did.
0: Which, he did comedian, which, which I more, actually
1: Jack. thought was a lot better than than many other people.
0: Me too, man. This I, second week we I'm mentioned not it. Such yeah, such
1: a a, a is the you know. N- is is the utmost comic of all time? Too, I think I'm not not really in that. I think you can go back and visit these things and play around with it a little bit. I'm thoroughly enjoying the new Rorschach series that's out of the book uh, Yeah, I must catch moment. up with
0: that. I read the first issue, enjoyed it. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah. Um, um, and I think yeah. I think I actually really liked the Rorschach one he did. I thought it was good. Um, mm. I think the dollar bill thing, which we talked about last week with Johnny, is is a good issue as well. Um, mm. Let. Make, let's let's make ourselves completely unpopular. But Watchman was a reboot anyway, for God's sake. You know? Well, exactly. Yeah. They're,
1: they're, yeah. And to be honest, it's an interesting topic to that actually kind of relates to this book in a little bit as well. Yeah, the, the filthy rich. In that, I was trying my hardest to think how do I describe this book without ever mentioning Sin City.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because
1: there are certain books that have become the touch points to say,
0: Oh, yeah. it's too easy, isn't Like it you
1: know, yeah, it's yeah. or it's like, oh, it's a black and white Crown Arbor. Oh it, how what is it that's Sin City like? And he's like, Well, no, it's it's really not. Yeah. Um and it, you know, same with the what you know, so you've got Crisis Watchmen sin City or Secret Wars are always used as sort of those yep. those touch points to go, yeah well, it's like that, but it's this. And I'm thinking, well, no, I don't want to use that. So it, yeah. it's an interesting. You know, how do people describe black and white comics before 1995? Because there was no Sin City to use it. Yeah, the, it's like it's if someone says letter.
0: horror comics, someone almost like there's a Pavlovian response somewhere. Someone has to say Junji Ito, don't they? And I'm like, no, there's so much more to it. Stop, you know. Yeah, I, I I'll get you completely, man. A couple, of the, a couple of other books I thought we might mention is um, Sergeant Rock Between Hell and the Hard Place with Joe Kubrick is is one of my favourite books. absolutely love that i mean mostly for joe because joe's amazing and then um azarello speaks very reverentially of joe Kubert's work before he worked with him as well and he says that he said he could just do anything and i I love that it was he is joe's a sad loss um visually he um he was he is a character in kingdom come villain 666 was based on azarello
1: (laughs) Well, he has a look.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. yeah he does. Yeah. Um, Although he shaved it off, wasn't he now. We were looking at an interview of him earlier. Yeah, he
1: yeah.
0: uh-huh. uh-huh. shaved that weird beard off. Um, he is um, all, let's let's be polite and say he's awkward in interviews. There's an awkwardness to him, um, and let's say slightly difficult at times. Um, there's a. Did you ever hear the word balloon interview he did?
1: I, I didn't, but I've seen others where he does not. Yeah, yeah, it's the not taking fools gladly.
0: Yeah, there's and, a lot of that.
1: And, and kind of going, we'll go in then. I've got the answers. You ask me the questions. Yeah. Um, and or you're asking me a stupid question, or you should know the answer to that already. Why are we doing this this conversation?
0: Yeah, there's a big element um,
1: isn't there? The... You know, And yeah, to be honest, I, there's a bit of me that kind of goes, I get that. <laughs> Particularly when you look at some of the way that people do interview comic book creators,
0: right, where you're kind yeah, of going, yeah
1: seriously guys this guy's been in the comics industry for whatever period of time or you know if you've written that many books you, you don't need to know, so where would you get your ideas from
0: yeah exactly. So like, yeah.
1: no don't
0: yeah who'd win in hmm. a fight yeah i know what you mean the the word balloon one because i'm i kind of know john and i like him i kind of i almost felt a bit angry <laughs> Do you know, it's like one of those. Um, yeah. And then there is, of course, the famous incident of him falling out with the bleeding Call journalist during the uh, the panel in relation to the killing joke movie which he wrote. Um, Jeremy Conrad, who is a bleeding Call journalist, don't don't think badly of him just for that. Um, said something said something about that he was using Barbara Gordon, you know, as a sort of sexual figure. I think something like that in the movie. And um, and <laughs> said, "Want to say that again, pussy?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's still not a great movie, but that's not a bad no, line. It, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's an then interesting.
1: He, again, writer. I wonder how many, how many times he was told it's not a great movie by that point.
0: Yeah, for I him know. to go
1: right, okay, you're just going to keep digging at me. Fine, I know. Let it go. Yeah. I, I took my check and I ran. Thank you very much.
0: I never bring that movie I, out with Dan. He, he hates it.
1: He's yeah. he's certainly a prolific
0: writer. Yeah, right?
1: and I think. Yeah, you know, never. Nobody's going to hit everything perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of really, really good stuff in there. Um, I'm amazed that thousand sorry, thousand bullets. I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed that hundred bullets has never been picked up by Netflix. Yeah, um,
0: it is. Yeah,
1: because con- the, the the original concept it, it went a yeah. bit off the rails towards the end in terms of trying to get too complicated with itself but the original concept of just saying to people you have 100 or there's the a suitcase with 100 untraceable bullets,
0: bullets yeah yeah
1: you shoot somebody and move on you know yeah. or do what you want to do with a bullet and move on well even you know, he says the... that
0: even he says when they say what's it about he says there's two versions of this i can tell you what it's originally about and then it's yeah. actually about crime families and you know machiavellian actions oh. of them all and you know sort of thing but yeah the, the you're right the concept at its start there, could easily be picked up by a TV series and he could make a few quid, hopefully. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because every every bullet's an episode and you could have yeah. the under-running storyline to, to go there as well. Yeah, you could do that. So no, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend a Bullet* in on this,
0: not Reddit. Yeah. A couple of other quotes from him. A um, uh, couple about Hellblazer, Constantine. Um, I want to make him a bastard again, he said in an interview, and he said he ain't an easy guy to like, which I think is kind of an important thing to remember about yeah. Constantine. Um he said about Lex Luthor, writing Lex Luthor, because he did like a mini-series, writing Lex Luthor was like writing my diary. I agreed with everything he I wrote. So that's quite interesting. Um, <laughs> he's a big fan of the spaghetti westerns. And in, now getting back to Filthy Rich, there's a couple of quotes here. He said, um, if heroes are flawless, there is no story. And he says, I'm drawn to people fighting against the odds and then against themselves, which is kind of a hard-boiled yeah. theme, isn't it, I suppose, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah, again, makes sense in terms of where this is trying to, Yeah, you know, there end are no point, or certainly the start of this, the guy is just trying to make the best of a bad You like him at the start, though, don't
0: you? You do like him at well,
1: the start, yeah. do, do you? Because he, as you say, it opens up with him shagging the... That's the, why the I like him, pal, but you
0: know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it doesn't make him a good, you know, it's, it's. you can say, okay, I understand that's you making the best of your bad lot. But I don't think it necessarily makes him likeable but yeah anyway,
0: I get you. You know, it's, yeah he's yeah. more relatable maybe is the phrase there yeah and then yeah, and then it, yeah. he kind of goes off a cliff i actually prefer the second half of the book to the first half of the book if that's a weird thing to say i just think it so, opens up a bit it's a bit more there's too many characters thrown at it during the first well, half almost
1: he, here here's the thing i, I do wonder i know we're, we're about to talk about victor santos because i yeah. moving out the moving at the arson
0: yeah
1: i do wonder Given that this was the one of the first two books in the Vertical Crime series, at what point was the the artist told what the print size was going to
0: be? Yeah, I wondered that exactly that. Yeah, it's crammed in a bit at the start there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: So you know, for because some of the, the art is is a certainly early on is a little bit busy. Yeah. Um, in terms of the amount of that's actually happening on on the page, and if the pages were just slightly bigger, I think they'd get away with it. Yeah. Um, so there, there might have been something there about he's thinking, oh, it's going to be standard comic book size. Oh, it's going to be shrunk out a little bit. It's compounded by the fact that early on, every time that she goes out to the bar and he goes with her, it's everybody's a man in a suit.
0: Yeah, and you, yeah.
1: you're you're just trying to say which pinstripe switch. Now, I actually think that you know, Victor Santos actually carries it really well and you can actually still work out who most of the characters are most of the time yeah um but but there is an awful lot of men in suits from the 1950s who all have exactly the same they come
0: coming in and out of the scenes don't they a little bit yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah
1: now to to be fair the way that the characters are written it's just more a case of generally speaking there is a group of them and the it's that whole um uh, uh a ball of flies where you like going the whole ball's annoying me, not the individual flying itself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so it doesn't really matter until the incident. It doesn't really matter which one's which. It's just, you're there, you're making noise, you're, you're, you're annoying me. I need to, and you know, him being the bodyguard, he needs to just say, I don't care who you are. You're not getting, you know, not getting to touch the girl type thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. It is a little busy early on. Um, I think there's a distinct change at some points where you think, oh, yeah, he's been told it's going to be a smaller page size, so he crams a little less in. Um, Or, and there's some pages later on as well where he flips it from being, uh, bear with me, it flips from being black with white to being white with black.
0: Yeah, in in, some of the rain scenes, which are some of my favourite pages, Um, Mm. I think 180 to to 181, the, the use of rain in that is just amazing. Just real yeah. beautiful and, stuff. Yeah, and,
1: you know, I think that that's again that, that sort of option where he's, where he's he's played around with what's available to him. But um, but yeah, you know, I think that, that that was my my concern was was not thing is, well though, it does create the claustrophobia that you would expect going into uh, a bar in nineteen fifties. You know, downtown is yeah. it New York? The big city, I can't. Yeah, I'm not sure. To, you
0: know, I I thought it could a, be LA. But, uh... or,
1: no, because they talk about going to LA. Oh, of course when, they do, with, because he's going to be a stuntman actors. out there,
0: isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. but it
1: could be it could be Chicago. It could be New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a big big city in in, in city where and they're going into the town to into the city. So so it's proper nightclub type thing. So there's a lot happening in the nightclub. So you've got people milling around and, and, and mixing and matching um and i think there you know so there is a lot of that, that, that that's going on
0: yeah cut the quotes before we move on to Sanchez, santos so for a for a tall man you're in way over your head that's a classic one um being somebody is a full-time job uh, maybe i have a soft spot for lost causes and you can well imagine and you'd be right if that came out of a lady's mouth so there you yeah. go that's that's the sort of uh that's the little feel of it that you might get um so we'll move on a bit to Victor Santos, born nineteen seventy-seven in Spain, in Valencia, studied fine art in the college in the art college in Valencia. There, um, began in nineteen ninety-eight, contributing to fanzines and local papers. His pro work, his first pro work was was called Gaijin in two thousand um, by Seven Monos uh, from Dude Comics. Um, he he's done an awful lot of work in French and Spanish comics, um, and and took a while. Um, to come across to american comics so sometimes people either don't come across at all or they come across a bit quicker than that um yeah but he came across and did mice templar um godzilla kingdom of monsters black market and he probably is most well known for polar i'm saying yes yeah
1: which you can see actually a natural evolution from filthy rich i think to polar with i know that well, actually some polar was started back then but yeah. polar's kind of changed its art slightly as it's gone through three that volumes process.
0: now polar i can never remember
1: i think i've only read the um there's five actually All oh, right. Okay. there's there's four that are in landscape and then one that's all
0: oh, right okay
1: normal comic way but i think that that fifth one is the one that's actually based on the film
0: oh, okay yeah um, okay
1: if i remember correctly I've not seen it. um it's you know what it's classic. Somebody's gone. Oh, I'm glad he got paid for it. Yeah, that's what. That's <laughs> you know. That's it, how it, I think
0: about everything these days. Is oh, I'm glad he got a few quid for that. Yeah. As yeah, I understand um, it, George Dawes is in it, so I'm probably not going to pursue watching it. But you know,
1: Um yeah. As I, I you know what, it's one of the things that I remember watching it. Could I tell you anything about it? <laughs> yeah, I've no memory no. of it.
0: Yeah, I say that a lot these days. It,
1: it's yeah. it's it's one of those things. There, it came on. I didn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't. It wasn't unpleasant. It was just. I watched it to the end, yeah. which is not necessarily the case for everything on, on Netflix. Um, Santos is so
0: really I'm, popular. on. I'm on this 11 o'clock Slack group, and he hmm. is absolutely... I can, I can only imagine, like, 90% of the Slack group I am uh, that are on there have commissioned him. I know someone said, look, he's he's got commissions now for, like, the next three years or something, I think, for the amount they've commissioned him to do, which is a shame because yeah. I want him to do comics, but, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I... His, his, or my first meeting with him... Um, which was before he'd, he'd broken into US comics, if you like, was in Bristol in 2008.
0: Really? Wow. Okay. Where
1: he had come over with uh, Mark Buckingham and because he was actually good friends with Irma, Mark Buckingham's wife. Oh, okay. Um, and again, I remember standing in a queue to get Mark Buckingham's sketch and he was basically sat next to him. No, I, I didn't. I don't think. Again, I don't think he spoke an awful lot of English yeah. at that point. Um, so, Mark Buckingham's wife was doing a lot of the translation for him. To clarify, she's Spanish. Um, right, okay. She actually presents the news, which is or she's a newsreader or something in, in Spain. <laughs> really? Anyway.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a really painful memory of Mark Buckingham. I won't say on the air, but I'll tell you about it later.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he was sat next to Bucky. So kind of i think he had a couple of sketchbooks or something that and i was oh these are quite nice yeah. and you saw him look at me going i don't understand a word you're saying a my english isn't that strong and b your scottish <laughs> dialect yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just going what so i think you know, I was like oh i wonder if you'd do me a sketch of the shadow as, as i would yeah and you saw him kind of go, i'm not sure and i'm sure that i say Irma turned around and basically he said to him, oh la sombra Which is the, the, and his eyes just
0: lit up. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah.
1: And if you actually go through his his publication history, he actually has done um, a number of pulp hero books.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Literally, he was like, I know who the shadow is. I know this is brilliant. Finally, I can get to draw a sketch of somebody that I know what I'm doing. And somebody's asked me nicely for it. And so he did did a sketch from there. I think he came back to Bristol or he came back to. Just something because th- I've got another sketch from twenty twelve. I think it is. Oh, of would back that, or... would
0: that have been Kapow or something, maybe. Oh, I, I can look it up while we're talking. Yeah. But
1: then, so anyway, it, that that was my my first engagement. I then yes went on and read an awful lot of, of Mice Templar because I, I really liked Michael Even Owen's work at the time. And yeah. He'd
0: yeah, started like it work. and
1: then moved moved on to 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 Santos, um, though I kind of fell out with Mike Templar. Purely because I was reading Mouse Guard at the same time, right? And I just preferred yeah. Mouse Guard, yeah. And it was very, it was just one of these things. It's complicated to read them both simultaneously.
0: Um, yeah. no, I get you. Yeah, it was a stranger uh, convulence of uh, coincidences there that they both were coming out at the same time, wasn't it? To be fair. Yeah,
1: they are quite different storylines, and the art style is very, very different. But yeah, it, you know the the starting premise of saying "What if Conan was a mouse?" <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, actually, that's mouse Templar is more the, what is the what if Conan was a mouse, while Mouse Guard is much more Lord of the Rings esque, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and uh, if you've never read Mouse Guard, it is... no, I've
0: um I've got a couple of the free comic book day Beautiful. ones, and um, they yeah. always look good. They used to do like a hardback. Didn't they for Free yeah. Comic book Day? Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've got those ones. They always look nice. So it's
1: it, it's some it's some beautiful stuff, and it's a really nicely told storyline. Um, that sadly he stopped telling because his mother got ill, and he had to basically become her carer. Oh,
0: never anyway, yeah. knew. Um, wow. Because he always used to have quite uh, a long, like a double table at New York in Art of Sally, didn't he? Because mm. he would sell like little swords for mice and stuff like that. There was yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, oh, cool. So I think he's I think he's, he still does a lot of that, but he just is not producing it because much. Yeah. It was Bristol, 2012.
0: Oh right, okay. It, Oh, wow.
1: Going back to look on comic art fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, so, yeah, that, Victor Santos. Now, I think his art style in this is very reminiscent of somebody else we've talked about in the past, which is Frank Robbins.
0: Okay, okay in, yeah, I get that,
1: yeah. If you look at the, um, if I look at the, the the strip comics that I've got from um, from Frank Robbins, the, the very chiselled draw and the very, you know, also, the you know the, the the haircut of the woman and stuff—it it, it yep. very much has that that Frank Robbins feel about it. From um, oh, what was the name of the strip? That he did? The, 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 Johnny uh, oh um, Hazard Johnny anyway. Hazard. There you know. go. Yeah. Yep. So there's yeah, it has, has a very similar sort of look and feel to me about it. Yeah, um, he's got that. The,
0: the way I mean, even in the seventies, he was still drawing women the same with their hair pushed back under, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was looking at some of his um human fly stuff just the other day. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: So uh, yeah, if 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 anyone goes onto the comic art fans and looks at the two Johnny Hazard strips I got with Robbins, and then looks at this, you'll see what I mean about that that yeah. sort of relationship. He, his,
0: he he draws well. His women are slightly. I don't know how to put this really. They're sort of, they're facially almost slightly younger looking. Um. They're um, pouty, I suppose, is the way to put it. You know, fuller face. They're, they're women. A, little bit, yeah. a little bit
1: dumpier. Yeah. Yeah. They push down. And at, if you look at the, the Girl sketch I've got as well, again, it is um, put, all, <laughs> again, this sounds very misogynist, but you put all the curves in all the right places. Yeah. Um, but he but it's also he's not then made them stick thin. Yeah, there's or, no Lauren Bacall's you know, in this disprop- are there.
0: They're disproportionate. They are shorter it's, women, aren't they generally seemingly. Yeah, yeah. And
1: and and but it's also realistically sized in, in terms of the, their actual body shape with the, with themselves. Yeah. But still carrying again he uses the way that light bounces off different materials really really nicely. So Actually, let's, let's, let's if you jump to page 38 okay. as an, an example, there, where again, it's one of the the, it's the main character, the, okay, the, yeah.
0: the Yeah, so the Victoria
1: is sitting there, you know, in the bar basically, or in the club, you know, taking, you know, essentially taking holding court of everybody around her, yeah. going, Oh, I want to speak, I want to let you know, and she's wearing the little black dress. And he's made the light bounce off the dress again to accentuate the fact that you know she
0: is yeah, the the woman thing in charge as well yeah and then the, yeah.
1: yeah and it's you know it's very atmospheric and very you know strongly he, with not an awful lot going on in her face there you are you know you you see that she is controlling the whole panel around her and everybody that, there's this, a little there's a little knows.
0: deadness in her eyes as well isn't there there as well in uh, yeah. counterpoint to that dude if you flick forward to page seventy um. He's drawn a much brighter. There's a girl in the bar who he's um, he's seeing as well, isn't there? Um, yes. And there's there's much more of a sort of brighter, um, enthusiastic, happier drawn girl and, there. And that, but a similar a level shape, of innocence, you know.
1: But she also has that level of yeah. But yeah. and she also has that that innocence that looks through her eyes in terms yeah. of
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: he so but he uses that that the the black and whites really well to both create an angularness when he's dealing with junk to say um you know things are angry things are hard things are difficult with regard to these dealing things but then creating a lot of softness when he's when he draws the the women characters um he uses an awful lot
0: of um black and white heavy black and white doesn't he almost negative space black and white so um like you said earlier like there's there's more white on the page you know it's like a a black page with white drawing on it. It's, uh, yeah. There's a lot and, of that negative some, space thing going on, yeah.
1: yeah. And some of it's done really well. So I'm going to jump jump back hopefully, just to 68, okay. which is one I really liked, yeah. where you've got the character walking f- across the page, but it's dotted with panels around it. Oh, uh, I like means that, yeah. The, yeah. The, and it, it, it's very much just how's the shadow bouncing off the, the, the character. Um, this is one of those pages where you want to try to describe it without using the word Sin City. But, <laughs> yeah, here we go. For, yeah, for yeah. the purposes of the listener, if you can't think of any other... So, you know, this is one of the most Sin City title yeah. pages, if you like. And the, the central image, um, certainly,
0: isn't it? that um, There's no solid outline to the person. He uses no. the shadow to uh, distinguish clothing... Folds in the clothing, smoke.
1: And the smoke yeah. from the cigarette, yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which I think, as I say, the way that the other panels are then dotted around the page, it creates a real sort of sense of movement as well. Yeah. Mm.
0: If, uh, we, we, do, we do a couple more pages each. So um, head to 163, um, which is a full page. <laughs> which was
1: link. also on my list. That's oh, good man.
0: Interesting. <laughs> good, there you go. That's a hell of a page, isn't it? So it's a lot of beer mats and glasses and, you know, bottles of scotch and, you know, ice, and, but reflected yeah. in the glass of the table is yeah. him looking and she's sort of cradled in his arms. And it's yeah. what an image that is. How good is that?
1: It's very, very cleverly done. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to, to work out some of the perspectives on that is... is Brilliant. Yeah, you know, it's is difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say 181 as well. Yeah, as that's, 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 that's
0: on my list as well, man. Yeah, the but rain. That that's whole sequence yeah. with the rain is just gorgeous, isn't it? There's, there's sort yeah. of three or four, three and a half pages of rain... Um, just beautifully mm-hmm. done yeah yeah it really is yeah yeah
1: but much more and this is where you know what stuff i'm gonna say this is less in and much more back to the rain that we talked about way back in a contract with god
0: oh it is isn't it yeah it is because i would yeah. say that
1: this is this is you know because in city it's always very straight lines and you know whatever yeah. well this is much more globular and this is
0: <laughs> this is real yeah. dirty this is wet. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: This is, you know, everything about this page is wet. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, so it, it, as I say, that's that, that has that Kubert-esque feel to it um, yeah. to me in terms of. Yeah. okay. You yeah. Know, it's amazing how we can connect all these these podcasts together. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You know, yeah Look like at that. The the got, other... got to go back to the first one and listen all the way through. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. The the <laughs> other one is um, I didn't. We we won't say the page and we won't say what happened, but I didn't see the murder coming in the last twenty pages. Mm. I found that quite a surprise and out of the blue one um which i know he has a he sorts out let's just say but it just was a surprise to me that one yeah do you know the yeah. one i
1: mean i i i i do yeah yes yes yeah. i do uh, There's, <laughs> i have a spoiler question so i'm not going to ask it oh but yeah okay. no i there's that's one saying. as a book it has maybe three twists Possibly four. Okay. That you know where you kind of go. Oh, all right. We're going down this route now. And, oh, I mean, none of them are. Oh, I've never seen that done before. Yeah. But it was yeah. just a. Oh, I love it. You've done that. Right. Right. Let's see what t- the the choices here, which made it a really enjoyable read to just go through. Going oh we've not you know this you know this isn't finished yet. There's more to come.
0: I mean, film noir um, or, or noir is the carry on movie of classic movies, isn't it? You know it's yeah. going to happen. You know, Barbara yeah. Windsor's top's going to fly off the same way, you know, this woman is going to con him into doing something naughty. You know, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the same sort of thing. I, have to, I put down pages 140 to 148 as the gold medal in sexy female manipulation. I think that's uh, that's great. I think <laughs> she just she plays him and you watch it play out and you know what's happening. Um, yeah. And then Junk, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite quotes from Junk is you ever have that feeling that life is pulling up its trousers? <laughs> that's a great quote. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah, but you
1: know, in terms of interesting quotes the other one I wrote down which was um, or two quotes that kind of connected with each other which, because on page 118 119 which is one of the um, which is the bad sex scene if, <laughs>
0: right, if yeah. you will yeah.
1: yeah. and um, the, 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 the line at the top of 119 is where she's going oh it's so big, or she just goes so big actually, right <laughs> but the it's, it's the fact that then on page 123 she refers to is the night before no it, or, i've made mistakes you were just a small one
0: yeah and that,
1: yeah. that is, i was like oh that's nasty that's just yeah. you know to say you No, know, you're just a small mistake in, in the, the way that they emphasize the word small as well yeah. in terms of
0: it Yeah, and every um, every um noir movie proves that women rule the earth and that we're merely their pawns yeah <laughs> I think we all know that yeah um it's a shame the line ended. I thought it was... I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it all. I enjoyed collecting as many as I could. Um, it's... Um, to, to me, I, so, yeah, I used to save them for but, flights. I used to enjoy reading them on a flight because it's a nice small book, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I can get that. So there were 13 in total yep. that were that came out from Vertical Crime. I'm going to say there's really 12 plus 1, Yeah. in, in my opinion, right? In fact, you could have 11 plus because the, whether the Constantine one actually... Sits with this or not? Yeah, is is questionable. Yeah, I, I think it works, but you you know what? I think it would ease as well have worked if they just said this is an Ian Rankin book and it's a detective of the occult. You know, yeah, you didn't have to make it Constantine. Yeah, and then I think the very very last one that came out in the series was Return to Perdition.
0: Yes, that's right. The Max Collins. Yeah, Max
1: Alan Collins, which is part of the Perdition um, line of books. Now it is a standalone book, and you can read it without having read Road and and whatever other prediction books you, you've done. Yeah. But it, there is a question to me there going: Did you really just badge that up, or is it a case of Paradox Press had closed, so uh, they went yeah, we've got a new we got a new prediction book? Where are we going to put it? Yeah. Well, shove it in the vertical crime set
0: because it kind
1: of works with that.
0: Yeah. Um but... any other any other highlights in the run at all, or? Um,
1: I think area 10 which is by christos gage and chris Samney. yeah um, which is probably my first exposure to chris Samney. okay
0: um very different from people know him now i suppose isn't it it's um yeah it's, it's very negative space black black and white obviously mm. but yes yeah, it's, it's still lovely but so uh, yeah mm. yeah
1: yeah so it's probably one that's worth saying and i think um Cowboys by Gary Phillips and Brian Hart Oh, yeah.
0: saw, But that's Yeah, that's one I don't, I don't know actually. Like Brian Hart. That one. Yeah. yeah. Um, um people forget that um, No Sh Roger is signed, written by Simon Oliver but has art by Jason Latour. Mm. Which is probably maybe the first time I saw him actually, to be fair. Um I don't actually think his art suits it as well. I think it's um there's a lot of tonal, you know, tones in it. I think that it's not really black and white art, it's kinda of like coloured art that's black and white to me. You know, I think he works yeah. better with that haphazard colouring that he, you kind of see on his work sometimes, like Southern Bastards and stuff like that. I kind of think that's perfect. This, this is not a bad book. It's good. Um, yeah, all in all, it's, uh, you can, I think I looked, you can pick them up for about five ninety nine on eBay, if not slightly cheaper, yeah, if you Yeah, it
1: wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. you will probably get a, a bunch of them together in a deal
0: yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it's you would. Just... Good stuff, man. Another good choice. Um, we do have a plan for our next one, but we won't reveal it yet, but... Uh, it was, uh, you said to me, Oh, we haven't, we haven't got much to talk about. Look at that, it's an hour. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was saying it's a small book. I yeah, what else exactly. Is to say? Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah.
0: yeah, um, what else are you reading at the moment, mate? So, over the last two weeks,
1: I've or three weeks, I suppose it must be, I've gone a little bit crazy with uh, with eBay.
0: Nah, me, too, actually. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I moved some shelves about and stuff, and I realized I had a big shelf that's now behind me that's in the office space that is the right size for UK annuals
0: oh nice okay
1: and I thought I have a few of the Batman annuals yeah let's get more of them so um yeah I've got I, I, there's not one for every year which is interesting okay but the but but I now have a run of a variety of that date all the way back to 1967, actually. Oh nice. Um yeah. but it's interesting to see how the themes and styles have changed a lot of from the stories very, in those
0: early ones as well, wasn't there?
1: Well, there is actually one because I got one of the Superman books as well right. that's from sixty nine. There's nothing but text.
0: Oh, okay. All oh, right, okay. With
1: <laughs> illustrated yeah. stories, because has yeah, yeah. got got spot images through it. Um and there is a Batman one that, that goes with that, which one of these days. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting that you know, the early 70s that it went through that, that mix of being text stories with um, with reprints from the States. A lot of those reprints from the States as well were re... They weren't necessarily put in black and white, but they were decolorized in, in some ways. Yeah, so okay, there's, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a flash one that's just got some sort of pinks to it as well. Which yes, is quite I, know, interesting. I know
0: the style exactly, yeah, um,
1: yeah. And then sort of early 80s, it became what you were what i would think was the annual which was that you know some reprints of of some of the stuff uh of of just books but in a in a nice hardcover piece then the 80s it went a bit crazy where the the superheroes the dc superheroes magazine was out
0: yeah where they're doing there's one of my favorite covers i used to treasure as a kid was one where they cram nearly every dc hero into the cover um, yeah, and I remember writing out the name of every superhero on it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well,
1: those. I've got one of the annuals from that that's got an inside black and white Brian Boland piece. Oh, okay, that I presume was done for this, and it, it's basically the, the complete Justice League. So it's lovely. Um, and then slowly but surely things change through the you know, number Nineteen ninety-three is interesting because it's got um, a lot of briefogal stuff in it. Oh, okay, and I, I, it you was know, from that that classic Grant Briefogal run. I hadn't realised, and it was generally because I flipped open in the middle of that. Tim Sale inked one of the brief episodes. <laughs> oh, nice. okay. episode from, I had no, no idea that about either. that
0: at all. Yeah. So that was just one of those random You needed to cut a quid that month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Then, then late 90s, it becomes DCA animated piece. And um, yeah. then we have a little bit of, sort of Jim Lee reprint stuff. And then the last couple are very disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, I okay, yeah. Well, essentially, no, no comics in them. It's just whatever. Oh,
0: okay. So that's that's been something, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And you don't mind one of those, but when it's nothing but that, you're just like going, you know what? This is not difficult. There's a lot of stuff out there just to reprint. You you know, there's not any difficulty (laughs) putting together them. But it's 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 really interesting to see how the um, the dynamic of them has changed, and how about 1993, everything
0: gains an inch in height as well. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Kind kind of weird. Um, so no, it's once I built up a, more of the early seventies <laughs> and the late 60s stuff, I, I'll need to sp- sit down, and spend some time with Richard Collie to say, okay, for my history of, yeah. of UK comics, what, what, what should I be getting next in, in terms of that? Yeah, um,
0: I got um, I've got a load of I've still from my Barry Tomlinson. Uh, um, I had it off like a bandit when he moved house. The um, mm. I've, I, in my office, I don't have an office elsewhere. The I've got like a run of Tiger from nineteen sixty three or something through to like yeah. nineteen eighty four. Just as a sort of when people come in they go, Oh tiger, look at that, you know. I just like like yeah. that sort of thing in the office. Yeah, they're cool, the old British annuals. And it's something that people in the States, you try and explain to them and they go, Oh yeah, annuals, you know, like Atlantis yeah. attacks no, or they, something. You go, No, look at these And and this
1: is where certainly some of those those early seventies and sixties ones where it's got the text stories. Those text stories never appeared in the States. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, some of them you can't find out who wrote them. It'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting exercise. I'll mention it to Mister Sheaf. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so say that's one. Once I have got a few more, I need to to, to sit down with him. And, and uh, again, because a lot of the artists as well are completely unknown for the the tipping yeah. points where they're just just spot spot images. So that's been an interesting. that's oh, no, um, fun. Yeah, that's good. Sort of development thing. And reading wise, uh, let's see. I got Gustavo's books through the post the other days. Nice. So I have a couple of those. Yep and um,
0: I treated myself just... to a page from him it's, yeah. it is nice yeah we were talking about it the other day weren't we but uh, yeah okay um, I'll tell you what you I know, I, bought, good... I don't know whether you bought it dude I bought the True Believer The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee um, I don't know whether I want yeah. to read it though it looks a bit sad <laughs> 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 I don't know when I'm going to get around to reading it you know yeah.
1: another thing that arrived today was the um, uh, collection of books from Good Comics Oh, they did okay. the kickstarter yeah, 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 where basically you could get all of their, their their annual production at once so i was like yeah it was a reasonable deal and i thought i would you know they usually put out some good
0: stuff yeah they so. do some good stuff don't they good um, yeah yeah yeah
1: i thought why not uh why not get the, the whole collection at once so, um, so that'll be the, the next power through uh,
0: okay i had a quite a nice little haul um a friend of rachel lee carter's contacted me on skype and i did uh, this now this, you're like this so i was chatting to. Her, she said oh do you want to buy some comics uh, i've got a load of bronze age stuff i said oh yeah sounds good how do you want to do it and she says well i can show you them on the screen in skype tell me a few which ones you want and then um i'll post them to you and i thought this is brilliant this is like this is ideal <laughs> so it was like house mystery yes house mystery yes flash yes you know it's like that she's holding them up yeah. to the screen and i was yes please yes please no thank you no thank you yes please yes please but in the in the middle of it we found a couple of issues that were worth a few quid so i said Oh, one of them was like the first appearance of Hellboy in Next Men and stuff like that, you know. Right. And she didn't realise what right. she had. So I said, I'll put that aside. So, yeah, I've got a nice little I've got 75 comics sent through. From there. <laughs> it's like, I need that, don't I? <laughs> That's what I desperately need. You know, a load of House of Mysteries and House of Secrets and stuff. But there you go. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll are they be read. Good stuff, man. And yeah, beautiful uh, stuff. I see you're working up to doing the next collection. Is that right? I see in your socials.
1: Yeah, so... The Penguin, the art the interior artwork for the next Penguin book, uh Burnout, yep. um, is now all done. <laughs> and I just need to do some shuffling around and do some magic with the uh making it into a book and then and speaking to Rich to get things printed. Um but in that intervening period as well, I'll do the I'll do a Kickstarter for it to to get it posted out and about um to the to the broader world at large Good stuff, man. but uh, that'll sort of be i'll do that mid-march
0: okay um, all right. I, d-
1: I don't want i don't want to get the money until uh after the april the
0: 5th <laughs> yeah, so yeah so such a finan- financial it, man yeah I'll <laughs> move yeah. It into next year t- well there's been no no tax write-offs there hasn't this year been. because there's well, been, i, no I read an office so I, yeah. r- I write that off so it's not too bad it's uh yeah, there's a few well, things. Well,
1: normally I would, would say travel to a con I know, is great. Because there's a good look and it's like there's been no con travel. So, what are you supposed to write off?
0: I know. Yeah, yeah I get but, you. Um, so um, um, pens and it. So many pence of mine. a yeah. marvelous way of writing stuff off, isn't um, it? Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: And as part of the next Kickstarter as well, I'll be doing the um, new t shirt design, which is the Alfred Hitchcock presents the now. where you can see yeah. the image,
0: which is. Uh, we'll have to go in for that one. i got the t shirt off you before, i got the uh, previous one. Yeah. Good stuff, man! Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. We've um, we we've got a plan this time next month. I think it's even the same day next month. We're recording the next one as yeah. on the on the calendar. But we've got plans for that one. Um, if you are bored, go to neverironanything.com, dot uh, com. The site for reviews and all these podcasts and various other things. There's links up on there for other people. Um, we um, we're working on the anthology. There's an ACP anthology, awesome comics podcast anthology, which Sarah Harris in Plausible seventeen on twitter is organising so if you have a story and you're part of the community you're free to pitch it there Um, and other than that mate we'll um, we'll keep talking but I'll say goodbye to you now and we'll say hello to our sponsor cheers man
1: hi there you loser don't look around I'm talking to you yes you sitting there stinking up the place in your Deadpool cosplay and jerking off over your Sailor Moon Luno Funko Pop tired of being pathetic looking for a way out Wanna have sex? Join the Cult of Q. Our patented decuntification personal abuse technology will create a better you. Stop being that awful twat nobody can stand. The cult of Q. You may be used for sex.